Hello, health investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Ayelette Fishbach. Ayelette is the author of Get It Done, Surprising Lessons from the Science of Motivation. She's an expert on motivation and decision-making. In the episode, Ayelette discusses the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, why it's impossible to lose all motivation, how rewards and incentives can be most beneficial, and more. If you're liking this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd write a review and share it with a friend. Enjoy the episode. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Ayala. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Thanks for having me, Brooke. It's a pleasure to be here today. Can you start off by telling us a bit about your background and I guess specifically what led you to become a psychologist? Uh, oh, that was uh, a long time ago. I uh, basically got my PhD in psychology uh, by the uh, late uh, 90s in uh, Israel. I was interested in social psychology and I was uh, interested in social psychology because uh, my life up to that point suggested that the situation matters and uh, we are uh, very much a function of our circumstances, of our situation. I, I grew up in a, a small uh, community, a kibbutz, and uh, then moved to the city, then you know, later moved to the U.S., and I realized that this uh, matters. And I was particularly interested in uh, uh, motivation, which um, was not really a field back then, and so I uh, was about to uh, get my PhD on something that doesn't really exist, but I was very lucky, and I kind of joined the field as it was getting steam, that there's so much research now on motivation, that, uh, mm. uh, yeah, it's very different, but this is where I started. Yeah, what made you want to focus on motivation? <laughs> I, I, you know... I can think of anything that is more interesting, and I bet you would agree. So I, I was kind of puzzled why, as, as a field, as experimental psychologists, we've been studying learning and, and cognition and, and a bunch of things that were not motivation. Uh, it was only in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, uh, when the psychologists was starting to be really serious about studying motivation. And uh, a behavioral economist also did that there, uh, share. And it's it just, it, it's fascinating. It, it, mm -hmm. It's uh, uh, also the best example for the power of the situation because we, you know, we often think of our motivation as, uh, as something that uh, is uh, only 
coming from within. Okay, it's only in the person, and then as motivation scientists, we know that this is not how you explain motivation. This is really about the people around you and the way you structure the situation and the strategies that you are using, uh, which is, means that there is like so much that we can do that is not telling yourself to be more motivated. Mm. So I got curious. Yeah, I, I work with a lot of clients specifically on health goals, usually weight loss, eating better. And so this comes up all the time. And what you just described is a common conversation I have of somebody saying, I just don't feel motivated. I lost motivation. And so what I think you just said is that there's a difference between kind of intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. Is that what you were kind of suggesting? It's even more basic than that. I mean, you're right. You're right that uh, motivation uh, is forthcoming from the internal uh, motive and from the environment. But I think that it's even more basic that we often think about motivation in terms of willpower, uh, in terms of uh, being strong. And it's really about being smart. It's not about being strong. (laughs) It's about applying the the right uh, strategy to the right place to the, the right challenge it's uh, it's about setting the the environment uh, for being successful right yeah that that's really interesting it's a difference between being smart versus being strong and I know a lot of the people I work with think there's a problem with them because they're not strong enough they don't have enough motivation they don't have enough self-control or willpower but you're suggesting there's not a problem with you. It's it's just a problem with maybe the strategies you've been employing. Yes. And I actually started with self-control, so, so happy to get to this uh, uh, later. But I would say that, yes, it's uh, uh, basically because you either did not structure your environment in a way that set you for success, or you did not frame the environment in a way that makes you successful and, and to not make it abstract. Setting the, the environment, you, you can uh, remove all ultra-processed food from your kitchen, okay? And so this food is just not there, you will not eat it. You can also change the way you you frame this food, okay? You can think about this as, as poison uh, as opposed to uh, uh, something desirable and now uh, you probably would not like to put in your body something that you refer to as, as poison. And, and between these two very general strategies, okay, either change the environment or change how you think about it, uh, we can see a world of strategies that people use to motivate themselves and others. I always say that you don't buy a bunch of really beautiful clothes that are so tempting and hang them in your closet and then just try not to wear them. But we do that with food. A lot of the time we fill our kitchens with all these things that are ultra processed, hyper palatable, delicious treats. You know, they've been manufactured that way. And then we just do our best to avoid them. And it just seems so counterproductive when you think about it that way of, of course, you're going to want to gravitate towards these really beautiful clothes you buy, right? Or these ultra processed, hyper palatable foods. And if they're around all the time, it's going to be really, really hard 
to resist versus you're saying design the environment, just don't bring them in in the first place. I, I love your uh, story. Okay? My uh, good story is that if you want to wake up early in the morning, you don't tell yourself that it's really important. You just set an alarm clock. Right. Right. <laughs> you just change something in the environment. It, mm-hmm. It's really just about being smart. It's not about the, the strength of your willpower in like, getting up early in the morning. Right. Yeah. I was just actually right before this talking to a client about how I had seen posted on social media the other day that one of the best fitness tools you can use is a calendar. And it seems, you know, everybody's buying this device or this device or a Peloton or an Apple watch, but really just getting a calendar, whether it's digital or paper and just scheduling things like your workouts or your walks and just having that in your calendar, like you do everything else. Is that something you would also say kind of can help with motivation? Just, you said the alarm clock, just scheduling something. Yes, and that's in particular uh, important in uh, navigating multiple goals. And so the, the way I think about motivation is in four parts. Yeah, you mm. need to set a goal, you need to monitor progress, you need to learn from feedback. The third part is this goal needs to fit with everything else that is going on in your life. And the last aspect is social support, that you need to be working with other people uh, on, on whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. Uh, and why uh, putting things on your calendar is a matter of balancing goals or finding the, the coherence uh, in your goal system? Well, this is uh, because there are many things that we want to do. And so, you know, if you give the example of eating healthy food, well, I want to get a healthy lunch, but I also want to uh, uh, make it to uh, a meeting that's happening at work. I have limited time. I have a, a limited budget. There is such a bunch of, of goals uh, there. Uh, exercise. Okay? I might want to exercise in the morning, but I also have uh, an 11-year-old son that uh, uh, needs to go to school, and there's a bunch of other things that, that need to happen. And, and when you put something on your calendar, you basically say, well, this is the hour in the day in which I am not taking care of my work requirements, of my uh, family uh, requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not doing other things. And that is helpful. Can you talk more about your four-step motivation framework and each piece a little bit in more detail? I would love to do that. <laughs> so uh, motivation starts with, with setting a goal. Okay, The, uh, the goal has to be uh, uh, something that is desirable. Okay? It's not a chore. Okay? It's uh, not uh, what I, I have to do. Is is what I want to do. Is where I want to be. Uh, often we see the people put a number on their goal, uh, which mainly is there to increase motivation. So how much and how soon? Okay, like exercising how many times in a week? Okay, how many minutes? Now, when do you start? Uh, and, uh, and intrinsic goals. Okay, we see that goals that are uh, intrinsic are often much more likely to drive action than uh, goals that are uh, extrinsic. There's also incentives, but I will move to the second part and we can then <laughs> go back to each part. Uh, the second part is monitoring progress, and there we see that 
sometimes you need to look at what you have accomplished and other times you need to look at what is still missing. And in particular, when we start on something new, when we are unsure, when we lack the confidence, it's better to monitor progress in terms of the glass half full. Okay, this is the, the five minutes that I already put into it. Okay, the 10% that I already uh, completed, uh, the, the two days that I already started this new regimen. When you feel more confident, when you feel that you have the expertise, we find it it is actually better to look at what is missing. Okay, how many days are still in the week in which I still need to exercise? Uh, how much I should look ahead and uh, what I what I buy and what I eat and, and so on. Uh, then we see that learning from feedback along the way is important, and in particular, it's hard for people to learn from negative feedback. Mm. Part three is managing multiple goals. Do you want to prioritize? Okay, do you want to put one goal ahead of others? Do you want to do everything? And so you, you seek the compromise. Self-control conflicts are there. Okay, how to best deal with temptations? Okay, the temptations are basically some goals that you want to pursue. Okay, they are only temptations because there is something that you want to do even more. Uh, and so strategies of self-control go in in this bucket. And then the last one is uh, uh, who are you doing it with and who in your life is supportive of what you are doing by yourself? And we are social animals. And by we, I mean people. Okay, We, we look around us. We do things because other people do them. Okay, We, we look at them as, as our role models. We uh, get excited about what other people say, what other people uh, do. Uh, and we work with others. Okay? We are much more excited about doing any work with others. And so who, who are you doing it with? Okay, who is on your team? Uh, who is uh, uh, the role model? And uh, that's going to be critical. Mm-hmm. Often in a call with a prospective client, they'll say, you know, I've struggled in the past. I've done Weight Watchers, Optavia, fasting, cutting out all sugar. They just list off all the things they've done. And then they say, it's not working. I don't know what's wrong with me. And then I reached out to you. I feel like I should be able to figure this out on my own. But then we have a conversation where we do thrive when we have some type of support, right? Some type of external social support, whether it be from friends or your partner or some type of coach. It's not a character flaw to need other people. It's not only not a character flaw. It's uh, uh, the description of uh, of humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, we are not developed to do things on our own. If something is important, we know that we don't do it our own. Okay? We we don't uh, start a company. Uh, on our own, okay. I don't do my research on my own. Okay, uh, we start a family with another person, uh, and so uh, when it gets to our health goals, the idea that they could be important, and yet this is a private thing that I'm doing on your own, and no one is part of it, to me seems strange. Where everything else that is important for me, I'm doing with other people. So yes, health too. I want to take a quick break from the episode to tell you about a company I've been impressed by for years. 
Thrive Market is an online shopping platform that offers thousands of products at 25 to 50% off retail prices. For just $60 a year, you get access to a wide variety of premium pantry staples, supplements, beauty products, and home goods at unbeatable prices. To put things in perspective, I save about $20 to $30 per shipment, which means my annual membership fee pays for itself after just two orders. My favorite part about Thrive Market is that for every paid membership, they donate a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So not only do you save money on your purchases, but you also make healthy products accessible to everyone. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. When it comes to setting goals, I have read and heard that it's important to make your goals specific and measurable. Uh, So for example, you said a number. Let's use weight loss as an example. So if somebody says, by August 30th, I will weigh 170 pounds, which let's say is 10 pounds less than what they currently weigh. Is that the best way to set a goal? Just being very specific and having kind of a time frame in mind? Or do you have another way of setting goals that's even better? We refer to this, and this might be just uh, you know, the, the, the way motivation scientists uh, speak, but we refer to this as setting a target. Mm. Okay, so it's not really the goal. Okay? Your, your goal is to be healthy. Okay? Your, your oh. goal is to uh, have a healthy weight or to eat a healthy food. And then you, you set a target. Okay? You say uh, uh, how much, uh, how soon. Okay? So 10 pounds by uh, a specific date. Targets are generally good. I slow down because the, the problem with targets is that they have to be pretty precise for the person. That is, if your target is, is too ambitious, uh, it is going to uh, have the opposite impact. Okay? You, you are going to uh, realize very quickly quickly that this is not going to happen and lose your motivation for the, the goal or uh, uh, cut corners okay that is uh, uh, get there uh, uh, using the you know, the wrong means okay uh, uh, lose weight by uh, uh, no, uh, uh, eating the, the wrong foods through unhealthy diet uh, uh, no, through lack of exercise. Uh, and so in, in this sense that the number might not work very well also Goals can be not ambitious enough, okay? uh, which also we see that sometimes uh, you set a goal and you can do much more. But once you achieve the goal, you're just like, all right, well, now I can do whatever I want. Uh, and so setting targets can be very effective, but you need to be very careful and very willing to adjust these targets. In general, more abstract goals are more motivating. They seem more important, more exciting, okay? people care about them more. And I suggest to try to be abstract, but not so abstract so that you no longer can connect your goal to, to an action. So mm. if you tell me that you want to lose 10 pounds, I would ask why. 
Okay, and then I would ask why again, and I would have a series of why questions until at one point you might become so abstract that it's no longer useful. You would say, well, because I want to be happy. But now when you ask how, how am I happy, well, it's not clear that the best way to be happy is by eating healthy food. Okay? It's not directly connect. Mm-hmm. And this is where we say, well, you have now just got to a too abstract goal, so go down, ask the how question. So you're back to back to earth, back to reality. Mm. Do you have an example of that process or of setting one that, that would really work versus one that wouldn't? The, um, well, so I, let me uh, give you an example uh, from a research by uh, Gabrielle Ottingham, who uh, asked people to fantasize, invited people to fantasize, and uh, uh, she found that when people had their fantasies for uh, being uh, slim and, and have like, this amazing uh, body, uh, they were not losing weight as a result of this exercise. Um, they were able to lose weight and eat healthier food uh, when they set the goal in terms of planning, okay? in terms of what do I want to do, okay? uh, what, uh, uh, what is a realistic uh, uh, plan of action uh, uh, for me. So now she did that with uh, uh, dieting. By the way, I don't actually talk about losing weight, in my writing, mainly because I, I think that uh, uh, while this is a very important goal for some people, it's also the very wrong goal for many others. And it's very much an avoidance goal for many people, which means that it is much harder and much less likely to be successful. But back to uh, goals that are too general, that are too abstract. Uh, Gabrielle Ottingen also found that when people were fantasizing getting a job, or getting an academic degree, they were much less likely to work toward these goals compared with more specific goals, which are about how am I going to do it? Okay, What's the plan for getting a job? What's the plan for getting an academic degree? Mm, okay, so more tangible in terms of coming up with a plan and actions is helpful versus just kind of the fantasy yeah. of something. Okay. Yes. I know you talk about do and do not goals. Can you explain what you mean by that? Uh, yes, and, and this is where I uh, was, uh, was mentioning that I don't usually talk about losing weight, uh, partially because for many people that leads to thinking about what they should not do, okay, instead of what they should do. So do not goals, avoidance goals are about not doing certain things, uh, and we compare them to approach goals, which are about doing things. Approach goals are more intrinsically motivating. That is, people enjoy them more. They're more likely to feel like an end in itself, like doing it is the thing. Okay? It's not that I'm doing it because of something else. Okay? I, it's doing it because I want to do it. Uh, avoidance goals, uh, well, by definition, you avoid something not as an end in itself. So it's not very intrinsic. And then there are another two problems with uh, avoidance goals. One is that they tend to bring to mind the thing that you are trying to avoid. Okay, so now a simple demonstration is asking people to not think about their ex. 
Well, everybody's now thinking about their ex, right? <laughs> How do you know that you are not thinking about your ex? Well, you you need to think about this person. Right. Uh, and so this is one problem. Okay, try not to, to uh, eat something. Well, how do you know that you were successful? You think, like, did I eat that thing? The other problem is uh, what we refer to as psychological reactance, which is our tendency to, uh, to want to do something just because we were asked not to do it. Mm. And... Teenagers are you know, the, the queens and kings of that. Okay? Like if you tell a teenager not to do something, it's exactly what they want to do. But we never completely outgrow this. Okay? When we tell ourselves that we should not do something or when someone else tells us not to do something, it's often exactly the thing that we want to do. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And I think a lot of people are struggling with kind of their health or fitness or weight loss, whatever goals, because they're taking kind of the avoidant approach or, you know, I'm going to cut out all of these things. I'm not going to eat any of these things rather than the additive approach of I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk every day, or I'm going to eat a piece of fruit with breakfast. It sounds like the latter is more helpful choosing what you add in and what you do do versus what you shouldn't do. Yes, absolutely. It is uh, more, uh, I mean, it's easier. It's also that it, it's nicer. It's It feels good. Right. So, you're more excited about that. It's easier to be successful. And as you're saying this, it's just making me think how 90% of the diets and plans and programs out there aren't setting people up for success because it's this whole list of rules of everything you can't do. And then people are shocked when they can't stick with this. But I always say I wouldn't be able to stick with that either. If somebody handed me a list of don't do all these things, that would be miserable. And I would hate that. Yes, yes. And, and, and then you find yourself making the, like the trade-off between enjoying life and, and sticking to your diet, which like, if you think about this as a trade-off, something is very wrong. right that our food should be something that we really enjoy. Exactly. If you don't enjoy what you're eating, there's no way it's going to be sustainable. Yeah, your diet should be fun. It should be something that makes you feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned rewards and incentives earlier, and I would love to understand what role do those play on your kind of journey to reaching a target or a goal and your motivation? Yes. So uh, we think about rewards and incentives in particular when we give them to ourselves as mini goal. And and so some goals are very much long-term goals. It will take a long time before I see the positive effect, but I can give myself something right now uh, that will make this more exciting, okay? that will make this uh, better. I can uh, uh, give myself uh, uh, this like uh, nice uh, tea that I like because I went to the gym. And so while I go to the gym because I want to be healthy in the long run, okay, I might have the benefit of this immediate uh, reward that uh, that makes me uh, feel good. Uh, we want to to include these small rewards in our daily life as, as markers of goal progress, as markers of success, 
Uh, we also want to realize that rewards are often better when they are a little bit uncertain. Okay? When, like, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Uh, we see this when we reward others that uncertainty often makes people appreciate the gift, they appreciate the reward more, be more excited about this. And also for ourselves, if uh, we are going to give ourselves a small reward on some occasions where we were good, but not always, that makes the reward more exciting. Hmm. So if you use the tea and the gym example, you would have your very favorite special cup of tea just sometimes when you go to the gym, not every single time? Well, you know, if this, as I'm thinking about the example, if you already have this tea at home, you can make it five times a day. And there yeah. is no problem with that. <laughs> it just, it's not going to work as a reward. <laughs> it's just a tea that you enjoy drinking. Mm -hmm. uh, if we think about something like stopping by a, 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 a coffee shop or for like something, okay? like getting yourself something that is not part of your daily routine and yet is really like your way of uh, uh, celebrating your success, you actually don't need to celebrate your success every time you are successful. Mm -hmm. And if you only do it on some occasions, uh, you will remain excited about the, the celebration. So so maybe the tea wasn't a great example. Let's take a massage. Well, yeah, a massage. Great idea. Yeah. Or, yeah, no, but I think the tea, that makes sense. Stopping at a special coffee shop or place and getting... A, a treat there would be different than just having the tea at home. I see the difference there. Uh, but kind of keeping the incentive or the reward special is what it sounds like. Exactly. Okay. Special in the sense that it's not a contract that every time I uh, do uh, X, I get uh, Y, but that I'm going to uh, give myself these nice rewards uh, every like so often. Mm -hmm. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in evidence-based sustainable weight loss. If you're ready to stop yo-yo dieting and start living a healthy, active lifestyle you're proud of, I'd love to work with you in one of my programs. Unlike restrictive, one-size-fits-all diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed nutrition and lifestyle habits that work for your unique likes, dislikes, and time constraints so you can lose weight permanently, have high energy throughout the day, feel completely in control of cravings, and stay consistent long-term. To learn more, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Health Investment. I think at the beginning, when you set a goal and you start working towards it, that can feel very motivating at first. But going back to the example of eating healthy, this, this ideally wouldn't be a short-term endeavor. This would be something that you're doing from now until the end of your life, right? So years and years and years. And so what I hear a lot from clients is they feel very motivated and driven at first. And then at some point, they start to lose motivation. What should somebody do at that point when they feel like their motivation is kind of waning and disappearing? Well, that, that is usually going to happen. 
right? Uh, because uh, when we learn about something new, when we sign up for a new program, when we decide to make a change in our lives, we are excited. We are uh, paying a lot of uh, attention into it. And to the extent that there is some end state, okay, to the extent that like, we, we are trying to uh, look good by uh, summer, okay, or uh, we have uh, like uh, a monthly uh, saving goal, uh, uh, then uh, toward the, the end we will again pay more attention. Uh, for goals that have beginnings but not clear end point, we see this uh, decrease in uh, motivation for those that have the, the end and the beginning, we see the middle problem, which is that motivation uh, uh, decreases in uh, uh, the, the middle. A few things that we uh, uh, can do. Uh, first, uh, as we learn to arrange our environment such that pursuing the goal is a part of it, then there is a good chance that it will become a habit, at least to some extent. Now, I, I'm saying at least to some extent because exercising for most of us is never going to be like brushing our teeth, mm -hmm. okay? It's never just going to happen before I even woke up, okay? So that later on, I will not even remember if I did that. It will always require a little bit of willpower, okay? A little bit of a push. Uh, but to the extent that there is already some like program, some system uh, that, that you are on, then pursuing goals, does become more habitual, so that like foods become part of our diet, and we don't quite need to rely on motivation to do that. Uh, the other solution is to uh, uh, instead of thinking about doing this for the rest of my life, do set sub goals. Okay? Do think in terms of sub no, short term. Uh, uh, a goal that that you can uh, stick to, and now let, let me, you refer to the like eating healthy food. Let me you know, give the example of savings because I think it's even clearer. Uh, when we think about saving for retirement, okay, the, the retirement is in a really long time, right? And so what most people do is thinking about my annual saving for retirement, okay. Uh, now put this in the health domain, okay? What is your annual goal? What is your monthly uh, goal? Clearly that goal is for the rest of your life, but what's the goal right now? Okay, what's the immediate goal? When something becomes a habit, is that the gold standard? Because then you don't even have to worry about motivation anymore. It's just something that you're doing. Uh, yes and no, and, and yes and no to the extent that uh, uh, that we don't think that habits are usually that automatic. It's very easy to fall off the wagon, but it is also easier to stick to behavioral change once you have done it for a while, once you form the habit. So it's not usually. Uh, like a solution that, that you will never have to pay attention to this again, but it will be easier. You might need other people less. You might uh, uh, need uh, less of goal setting. You already have this as, as part of your uh, routine. If someone came to you and they said, I've really been trying to get healthier and exercise more, but I've lost all motivation, would your response then be try to set 
kind of some sub goals or change your environment in a different way or offer kind of special extrinsic rewards, think smarter about your strategies. Is that essentially what people should do is just they feel like they've lost motivation. Try these different things you've mentioned. So, so as the social psychologist in me, uh, the immediate response is, what do you mean you lost all motivation? You never had motivation. It's not inside you. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, the way you interact with your environment. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it's the way you, you, you set things around you. And maybe you, you didn't pay much attention. Okay? And then maybe you were not very uh, 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 thoughtful and, and smart about uh, uh, pursuing your goal. And maybe other things happen in your life. Okay? And so, you know, we all have in our uh, recent uh, memory the, the stress of, of COVID. And uh, people were, uh, some people were neglecting their health uh, uh, because they were actually paying a lot of attention to their health, okay? but to a different aspect of it. And, and so you know, I just wasn't thinking about what I'm eating because I was thinking about how much I was washing my hands. Mm. And uh, uh, that's uh, uh, just changing uh, priorities and maybe priorities need to be uh, reset. Uh, And so you don't lose motivation in the sense that uh, uh, it's not really uh, a muscle, right? It's not something that gets weaker. It's a set of uh, uh, strategies. It requires a, a certain level of self-awareness and designing your environment in, in a way that will set you uh, for success. And if you have not been doing it, then you probably need to uh, think about it uh, some more and, uh, and and think about how to, to make it more natural and start doing it again. But it's not really something that is lost. I feel like this is great news because <laughs> I think so many people think that it is something that's just lost and it's gone forever. And then they again kind of turn inwardly and think there's something wrong with them. But the good news is there's nothing wrong with you if you feel like you've lost motivation. or if you Is that something you would just say, don't even say that, just... Because you don't lose it, it's not something you can lose. Yeah, I, I, I say you know you can you can lose your keys. You don't really lose your motivation. You just don't use these strategies. So you know, let's let's analyze. Okay, let's see what is missing. And now, giving that. I mean, I uh, start with like these four parts, and I start to realize that what's like what's missing. Okay? Did you lose the goal? Okay. So we need to think about how to set a goal. Uh, are you uh, maybe not monitoring progress or not getting good feedback on your progress, which makes it hard? Uh, maybe this goal doesn't fit with your other goals. Okay. So as, as I'm sure you know, people stop exercising because they have a new job or because they, they move to a new neighborhood. Uh, and, and so you need to uh, basically rethink about how to pursue this exercising goal now in this new place with this new uh, uh, goals that you have to, to achieve. And you know, uh, maybe something uh, has changed in, in your uh, uh, social life. Okay? Uh, maybe the people that were helpful are 
no longer helping or they uh, you know you have new people in, in your life and you need to uh, walk with them hmm. aside from this whole losing motivation thing that I think people say all the time are there other ways people talk about motivation that just aren't aligned with the research oh there, there are a few okay um so you know pe- people naively think about uh, motivating themselves in terms of uh, uh, i will tell myself that this is important that this is really really important okay and if i just emphasize enough that this is important then i will do that now we we know that this doesn't work and this doesn't work because when you talk about uh, long-term behavioral change, well, that like this needs to be fun, this needs to be tasty, uh, this needs to feel good at the moment. Uh, we ran a study uh, a few years ago uh, where we had people choose between listening to the song Hey Jude by the Bills or a Loud Alarm Clock. This was a study with Caitlin Woolley, uh, now at Cornell. Uh, and the majority of the people uh, chose to listen to the loud alarm clock. Like, why would you choose the alarm clock over the Beatles? Well, we paid more. We paid 10% more. Hmm. Okay, And so 70% of the people said, I'm here to make money, and it's important that I will make money, so I'm going to choose the, the lousy job. They regretted their choice. So the yeah. majority of them... <laughs> As you can imagine, right, the majority of the people who chose the loud alarm clock uh, regretted their choice, whereas uh, people who chose to listen to a song did not regret their choice. But what is going on when people think about their future self, they only take extrinsic motivation into account. They don't think about short-term rewards and doing something that feels good and doing something that makes me feel like I'm learning and I'm I'm developing. So this is one uh, big misconception that uh, now that I feel I decide to eat absolutely nothing tomorrow, but comes tomorrow and I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) and so the plan was was wrong. a few other things that uh, that people tend to uh, uh, to get wrong. I'm trying to think about what should they prioritize because there are uh, they, there are probably so many. Yeah, <laughs> there, there are, there are uh, quite uh, a few there where people think that they should uh, reward themselves all the time. Oh, uh, you know, negative feedback or negative experience actually uh, beyond feedback, just just having a negative experience people have the right intuition about exercise that is they understand that um that if it that doesn't hurt at all okay if you're not sweaty if if like if, if you feel completely comfortable then you're not really working okay you're not really developing so many people get this with exercising but then with other goals people often don't understand that like you you need to embrace this initial difficulty that it's not going to immediately feel good, but you need to experience this a bit and it might feel good a day later or a week later. And 
let me again you know, uh, uh, give some uh, uh, data from studies that we ran. We invited people to feel uncomfortable as they were learning something new. Okay, so it was uh, doing improvisation uh, or uh, uh, reading some uh, uh, uncomfortable news. And when people had the goal to feel uncomfortable, they actually felt more comfortable. <laughs> that is, they were actually more willing to engage, okay, and more willing to they do this improvisation and, and come back again when they were embracing the, the immediate uh, difficulty. And I, uh, I, I find that many times uh, people don't understand that it's okay to feel a little bit uncomfortable if just a little bit after that, you will feel very comfortable. That's, that's really a great example, especially with the, the exercise piece, because you're right. We know it's going to feel a little uncomfortable, but it'll feel great later on. But that is true. I think with everything else, we think it should just feel comfortable immediately. And then it feels weird when it's not. It feels like we're doing something wrong. Yeah. And we like we are often impatient, which is another thing that, that we are humans. Okay? Humans are impatient. And so we are often impatient and we need to uh, allow something, a little bit of time. Okay, Like, you know, like people don't like beer the first time they drink it. So why, why are they surprised that some healthy food uh, is not as satisfying uh, the first time you try it? Try it a few more times. Give it a chance. That's a good point. I think, too, you've brought up teenagers or, you know, we're all human. We're not that much different necessarily from children, teenagers. And so when you watch a toddler learn how to eat, they don't love everything the first time they try it. It takes multiple exposures. And just kind of using some of those lessons we get from kids, I know can be helpful sometimes when I think about how I move about life. Yes, exactly. I like the connection to the children here, actually. It might be even better, right? Because yeah, if you want to uh, broaden your horizons in, in terms of the, the foods that you eat, in terms of like the, uh, the vegetables and, and, and foods that uh, eat your diet, you should prepare that some things you'll have to... Um, Try more than once and use different preparations and, and kind of explore until you uh, you realize uh, what makes you feel good, both in the short run and in the long run. Hmm. One of the final questions I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? I would go with the... Uh, uh, Thinking about your your decisions, in uh, I will introduce another concept in, in a broad decision frame. Okay, uh, thinking about your decisions as uh, not once, uh, but making this the same decision one hundred times, and most of the time when we are not sure whether we should choose something, if we multiply it by one hundred times. We are pretty sure. We, we know what is the right choice. So I, I would say that uh, would be one answer to this question. I, I've never heard that before. I think that's, that's a really cool kind of litmus test to do for something. Of if I were to do this 100 times, would that be a good or a bad thing? Yeah. Um, I love that. 
That's great. Where can listeners follow and find you? Uh, well, uh, they can get my book, uh, Get It Done, uh, Surprising Lessons from the Science of Motivation. They can go on my website, which is ayelletfishback.com. And I'm on social media. I'm at the University of Chicago if they want to stop by my office. Oh, awesome. I, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> I've never had a guest open that up before. Stop on by. So maybe, maybe you'll get some... Uh, unsuspecting callers popping by your office. <laughs> All right. Let's awesome. do it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I honestly was taking notes the whole time and learned so much myself. And I'm sure listeners did as well. Thank you for your time and sharing your wisdom with us. And thank you so much for having me, Brooke. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.